My name's Karen O'Connor, and this is going to be, there's going to be episodes like this quite often. I started this podcast to talk about midlife, and I've talked about midlife a lot. What I haven't talked about is my own experience in midlife, and I thought I'd share with you all the stuff that's happening to me because quite a lot of stuff happens to me because I get bored quite easily, so I suspect I bring it on myself quite a lot. Can't stand the status quo. So I want to talk to you about what's happening and just share a little bit about what's going on in my life. And I've got to apologize right now because I really struggle talking about myself. I enjoy having conversations with other people because the focus isn't on me. But when the focus is on me, that becomes a different kettle of fish and I can't talk about it. So let me start and I'll see how I go on. I've been with my husband, John, since Uh, We got married in 91. We've been together since 1988. And I was driving on holiday a few months ago, end of November, and I was listening to some of the tunes from the 80s when I first started university, things like Susie and the Banshees and The Cure and Jesus and Mary Chain and Sisters of Mercy, all of that, all of those kind of bands. And I really got present to what life was like for me at that time and how simple it was. (laughs) It was just so clear because the only person I had to think about or consider was myself. Tell you a, a little story. When I first started university, and this is in the early 80s, right, so no mobile phones, I got so caught up. Mum and Dad dropped me off at the house where I was staying I unpacked and then got so caught up in university life that I forgot to call home for three weeks. Mum and Dad must have been out of their mind with worry, but it never occurred to me, like anybody that age, that other people might be might be in that position. They might be worried about you or that you have to think about anybody else. So I got present to that side of things, but what I also got really present to was, and it's kind of a result of that, when you only have to think about yourself, the possibilities are endless. There are so many fewer restrictions on what you can and can't do, on what is and isn't possible, on the different paths that you can take. And it just, the difference in, and I really got clearly that the difference in my personality And the way I created things was completely different to now. And I think that, you know, I've been married for 31 years. We've got four children. And I'm so used to going into every decision that I make thinking about my husband and my family. And as a mother, you always put your kids first. Most of us do anyway. You always put your kids first. So every decision you make, is about the kids and then your husband and what you want comes last. So that brought a whole series of events on. So I came up to the Sunshine Coast on holiday and decided that I wanted to move here for various reasons. And I was looking at a house 
which is very much like what we've always done. Because when we buy real estate, we always think of the end result. Am I going to make money on this? Is it a good investment? All of those kind of things. And the other criteria that I put on it is, is there space for John to have an office and work from home? Is there room for when the kids come to stay? Are there spare bedrooms? Is the dining room big enough? Is there going to be enough space in the lounge? All of those kind of things. What I never consider is what I really want. I might think, okay, am I going to be able to work in that kitchen? I was going to say, do I like the bathroom? But even that isn't a consideration because the house I was looking at, I was buying it specifically because it was a doer-upper and it was a fair-sized house and it had a granny flat underneath it that I could rent out and it, the, it was in the best street but it did need work doing to it. So there was a potential to make money on it. And I need to go back a couple of steps here. There's another part to this story as well. Over the last few years, we've gone through a difficult time financially. And with the projects that we're doing, John does property development. And I used to be involved in it, but I'm not so much anymore. And that's actually part of the issue, but I'll go into that later. So the sheer financial pressure of what's happened will have an impact on any relationship. And it had an impact on ours. And one of the things we decided to do was when this last project settled and it was sold, then John would go off for a few weeks by himself and I don't know, go hiking, do whatever he wants to do, stuff that I'm kind of not interested in. And we'd have a few weeks apart just to give ourselves a little bit of a break. And I'm kind of getting present, or I got present too. How difficult it is to explain that to anybody. I've lived with this guy for 33 years now. We've been together for 33 years. Apart from the occasional time, one or the other of us has taken a holiday by ourselves or I've gone over to visit my dad in the UK by myself or whatever. We've been together for 30-odd years. And we expect that the relationship will be okay. But even with the best of relationships, at some point, you're going to need some time to yourself, particularly if you're an introvert. I'm a bit of an introvert. I like talking to people, but I need my own space. I need my own space. And what's really interesting is when I look at even the biggest houses that we've lived in, and we've lived in some really big houses, there was never a space for me. The girls had a den. The boys had a den. Everybody had their own separate room. John had his office. I had our bedroom bedroom. There was never a me space. And I don't know that I could ever justify asking for a me space. Isn't that interesting? So when I started thinking about all of this stuff, I thought, well, maybe what would it look like if instead of John going on holiday for a few weeks and spending a few weeks apart, what if we decided to spend a few months apart to just give ourselves time to remember who we are? Because when I think about 
that young woman that used to listen to Susie and the Banshees and go and watch The Cure and Bar House and all those kind of people, that's not the same person. And that's fine. But what's not fine is me now, I don't have the same possibilities. I don't perceive myself as having the same opportunities available for myself as I did then. I see restrictions as opposed to opportunities. I don't, everything that I think that'd be nice to do tends to come with a, yeah, but, yeah, but you can't do that because who's going to look after the cats? Yeah, but you can't do that because John might not like it. Yeah, but you can't do that because you've got to go and do this for one of the kids. There's always a yeah, but about somebody else. There's never a, I would like to do that. It's a great idea and these are the reasons why. And you don't even need to give any reasons why. It's just like that would be so good for me. And we don't do that. We might do it with the occasional day at a spa or going away for the weekend with some girlfriends or something like that. But we don't do things for ourselves for any length of time. So I had a conversation with John and said, look, I actually think we both need six to eight months apart to remember who we are and what's important to us because this isn't just about me. He was feeling exactly the same as me. He might not have put it in the same words that I do, but his life was just as restricted as mine. And you get into bad habits as well. You get into really bad habits about the way you treat each other and who you are for each other and how you respond to something. What you found funny 30 years ago is suddenly really annoying because what you've forgotten is who that person was for you in the relationship originally, all you remember is the stuff that's happened in between, usually really negative stuff. And when you've got that pressure of stuff going wrong outside the relationship and the stress and everything else, it becomes overwhelming and it can only have a negative impact on the relationship. Now, some people might say, well, you know, you can go to counselling, you can work through it and all the all this other stuff. And some people can. Personally, for me, I need that time out by myself to not have anybody to worry about, to not have to think, well, I'd like that for dinner, but they don't like it. None of that. I could just do myself. So the next course of action for me, I decided. Now, I've got, <laughs> I've got to say, I decided all this while John was on holiday in the UK visiting my dad, we'd planned a holiday up to the Sunshine Coast and John happened to be leaving on the day that I was going up to the Sunshine Coast or we should have been going up to the Sunshine Coast. And I came up here and went, do you know what? This is rather nice. I'd like to go up there. I'd like to live here. So I messaged John, who's in the UK, and said, listen, I think rather than you go away for three or four weeks, um, or have some time to yourself. I think that maybe we need a bit more time, maybe six to eight months. So what I'm going to suggest is I buy a place and I move into it and you go off and do what you need to do for six or eight months and then we'll get back together and decide what we're going to do to give us both time to remember who we are, what's important and who the other person is for us. We got to get present to who we married why we got married in the first place, because we've forgotten. 
We got into so many bad habits. So it's just to give us that space. So I started looking around and like I say, I saw this doer upper and then I went out for lunch with one of my daughters, Kira, and she said, mum, why are you looking at a doer upper? That's what you've always done. What is it that you would like? And I couldn't answer her. I had no idea. And the thought of picking a house based on just what I want is so confronting. I couldn't even consider it. I cannot tell you how confusing it seemed. And I can't tell you how guilty I felt about choosing something as big as the decision about which house to buy based on just my own considerations. It was the most outlandish experience, I can tell you. And she had to talk me through it. And she said, okay, so can I suggest something, Mum? You like modern, bright, open. You like fresh air. You like things to feel peaceful and tranquil. So based on that, where would you like to be? She said, and the other thing is, I think it needs to be near the ocean because you really like walking down the beach. And I considered all those and she's quite right. That is what I like. I don't want a doer upper. I don't want somewhere that's in the suburbs. I don't want somewhere that's in the bush. I do want to live somewhere that feels almost holidayish, um, white and beachy kind of place. That's where I want to live. And what was really weird was I picked up my phone, looked on the real estate app, and the perfect place came up. It's a, a villa in a secure complex, gated complex, um, that's about seven minutes walk to the beach. And right next door to it is this mountain that is actually, it's not a mountain, it's actually the second largest rock in the world after Uluru um, as rock. It's, and it's got no trees on it. One of the things I hate about bushwalking over here is that there's trees everywhere. I hate trees everywhere. I grew up on the moors in the UK. I love walking where I, I've got complete 360 degree views around me. And this rock that I can see from where I'm sitting right now has got that. There are no trees on the top third of it because it's a rock and they can't grow, basically. And honestly, just perfect. The place has been done up. It's been completely renovated and gutted. It's really modern. It's really clean. And there's a swimming pool in the complex. The shops are right next door. It's absolutely brilliant. It was perfect. And it was so confronting going, not just going, saying to myself, yes, that's the one I want, but then actually taking action for it. And what was really interesting was I really, I noticed that I wanted John's approval for buying this, which is bizarre because one of the things I said to him when we bought it is, when I bought it, he didn't buy it when I bought it, is that it'll make a great investment. It's not a long-term place for me. I don't do long-term houses. I don't do this is my forever home. That is just not me. I've got a big long list 
of the different kinds of houses I want to live in. Houses next to the beach, houses on the canal, houses on acreage, houses with fabulous views, big houses, small houses, Queensland, there's lots of things. There is no forever home as far as I'm concerned. But the great thing about going through all that is that it showed me where I won't say I needed to work on myself. It showed me what I wasn't very good at anymore. I used to be really good at this. I think we're all really good. You look at any five-year-old and it's all me, 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 right? We grow out of that habit. And it's not a good, don't get me wrong, I am not endorsing any kind of narcissistic, selfish behavior here. What I'm saying is that I didn't take my own wants and needs into any equation. It was all about everybody else. What does my husband want? What do my kids want? Is this going to work for the family? As opposed to, is this the right thing for me to do? That was the difficult thing. And the last few months have been incredibly challenging. They've been a period of exponential growth. Let's put it that way. I've gone through the ringer and back and it started with this decision to buy somewhere, to spend six to eight months by myself and buy a place that was suitable for me. And do you know what? I'm not even sure I did buy it just for myself because I made the mistake of bringing my youngest daughter, Keely, up to see it. And she's like, oh, my God, Mum, you've got to buy this place. This is perfect. I've wanted this place my whole life. So there was a bit of that coming into it, but it is actually perfect. It might be a little bit small in the living areas, but it's actually absolutely gorgeous. So Yeah, personal growth, scary, but then very satisfying as well. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and don't forget to rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you're leaving with some thought-provoking information that can make a difference in your life. See you next time.